Sometimes I just wait. Like I feed everyone else. I only give myself a little, and then I just wait for scraps. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm like, I'm make sure everyone else has to eat, so I don't have to cook more than once. Because worst comes to worst, I'll eat cereal at like nine o'clock. You know, dude, I can't tell you how many times I've eaten a full dinner and then stood next to the sink over the trash can, like (laughs) to throw food out and instead put it in my mouth. I can't do it. I can't throw food out. I can't. Yeah, I'd rather I eat it sick. even though I'm full. You have hell. to. You bought it. <laughs> you have to eat it. It's you know? so bad. You have to eat it if you bought it. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Well, that's what I had for breakfast this morning. I had God knows what's in my like son's milk bowl. You know, by the time I get to it, in that milk, oh my god, some mix of like snot, and spit, and poison uh, ivy, and whatever else is in there. Oh, I'm and right then, there. So many cold <laughs> fucking eggs, and like, yeah. <laughs> I made a mistake. My my daughter was into Humpty eggs for a while, which was hard boiled eggs, but we had a hard time getting her to eat the middles. You know, right? So basically, she was picking off egg whites, loving it, but then leaving these yolks. One day I'm like imagining, you know, like a like a rocky training montage or something where they're just, <laughs> you know, like housing a cup of egg yolks and shit. I'm like, oh, like <laughs> jacked people do this. Like, fuck it. And one day I had like I just had five like yolks. Like, you know, I just salted them and like took them in. I was like, fuck it. I'm like, whatever. Protein, you know, I felt like shit. Like, but don't. then you hit, you hit the bag oh. for like an hour, right? Not good. <laughs> I don't recommend eating five cooked yolks with nothing else in it. At least make a deviled egg or something, you know? Ooh. Yeah. It's like eggs are like, um, it's like weed, dude. You can't just go for the THC. You got to have a little uh, CBD in there. Well, and then there's an added element, <laughs> which is like, you know, ethically, I'm kind of a vegan, but I don't live as a vegan. So I, I've always felt really kind of, most of the time I feel pretty guilty eating eggs. Right. And I, you know, for a variety of reasons, they've stayed in my diet most of the time. Um, but I feel I do feel bad. So at the very least for me, I can buy the right kinds of eggs and make damn sure like they don't get wasted, you know, like so that's part of it, too, is like I see an egg and I feel literally like ethically and morally irresponsible if it goes <laughs> in the trash. You know, it's beyond that, I guess, with all food, you know. I'm in there, dude. I'm there. It's I've ate way too many cold leftovers. Yeah. Luckily, when my I, wife comes from a hardcore Tupperware family. So <laughs> we're like, we're pretty good at seconds, thirds, fourths, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I just go in there and I just unshed like four Tupperwares of shit that has like one day left before it totally <laughs> dies. Just fry the shit out of it so it doesn't oh, nice. hurt me, you know? Just some kind of weird stir fry. We do that where everything yeah. just goes into the stir fry. Leftover stir fry, whatever it is. Got it's noodles, good, you got peppers, you got whatever. It doesn't uh, matter. It's always good. It's always good. Enough salt, then then it tastes tastes fine. Some soy sauce, um, boom. Love it. Uh, All right, there I, you go. Guess what? Kids guess, what bro? <laughs> guess what? Guess what? I played a um, show last weekend. You what? You did? With who? What? Gaslight Anthem. We played a surprise concert. Oh, Isn't that fun? I'm, I'm, I couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't tell anyone for this whole time. Except my wife. Literally, I have friends who live in the town I played, and I couldn't tell them. Ah, how'd it go? Like we, 
it was fun, man. It was great. People were totally surprised. Somehow we kept the secret unlocked. So as Brian had three solo shows, he does shows at this place, The Crossroads in Central Jersey, or North Jersey, depending All on right. who you ask. That's That'll probably be the hottest contention of this interview right there. Uh, <laughs> is Cranford, North Jersey, or Central Jersey? I don't know. It's by the airport. It's probably North. Whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, Brian had the three shows. So the plan was that their live stream. So it was like, let's just the third show, make it look like it's Brian's show. And we'll all just jump up on stage and surprise the whole crowd that's there and, and the live stream, you know, and be like, nice. Hey, what's up? And, uh, yeah, we did it. You know, it was, it was awesome. That, well, that's great. Yeah. Dude. It was like, you know, I, I, I was like going into it this time. You know, I, I you you know me fairly well at this point. You talk to me more than most people. Um, you know, I, I get some anxiety, mm. and of course, like going into this, I'm like, we haven't played in so long. It's anxiety. I, I feel right. And at some point in this process, I realized something which has been helping me, which is like, I only know how to do like one thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's only one thing I really know how to do. Like, Don't well, sell yourself short. Buddy. I'm just saying. Okay. You know what I mean? And like, it's the one plate. Like, I sit down behind a drum set and grab sticks. Like, I actually know what to do. Right. It's like the one part of life where I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'll do this. I'll do this. And I feel calm. I feel good. And I enjoy it and all that stuff. And I'm like, why? I'm like, why am I going to get myself so worked up for like the one thing I know how to do? You know, like, I should probably mm-hmm. have fun with it. So, this is my new exercise I'm going through is to like, not shed myself of anxiety because I still want to keep my my bar, which is like being perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be perfect when I play live, but I think the thing is to completely forgive yourself if you're not perfect, you know? I mean, anxiety and nervousness are close, but not the same. But I, I remember one of the old school performers, you know, was at some point was like they you know somebody asked them like do you still get nervous when you go on stage and they looked at the interviewer and they're like the day you stop getting nervous is the day you should just stop yeah 100 <laughs> percent. and it's true it's true yeah. to a point right because then you just totally don't care so and it's I, also I mean, what I, gives you energy man you know right like, well that that's the part of it is like the one thing where it sucks is like my own personal mania is one of the reasons I'm a tight drummer because the reason the, the way I've learned over the years to quell anxiety is to practice a lot. Right. And just to be really well rehearsed and make sure that like, all right, at the baseline of all this, if it all falls apart, I still practice a lot and try, you know, right. like at least I need that baseline to know that I didn't fuck it up by some error of my own lack of work. You nice. know, I guess that's what I'm trying to avoid. So I don't know. Maybe I'll start like I've never been a sunglasses guy. Should I be like uh, <laughs> like shades from that thing you do? <laughs> you know, just like duck. Ba- should I wear blazers? Sometimes they say you should change from the outside in. You know, like like should should I do something? Maybe. Do you have any old gear in the nineties? <laughs> you could you could loan me. You want me to dress you for for your. Uh... 
Hmm. I don't know, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take that <laughs> hypothetical. First gaslight show. First gaslight shows August 9th in Berlin. All right. Mm. Say, <laughs> in the spirit of German fashion, <laughs> and your lust to dress me appropriately, I'll give you one chance to style me. What are you putting me in in that show? Well, you're a drummer, so there's a certain amount of utility to it. Sure. Sure. So, <laughs> what, a kilt? Maybe a kilt? I can't resist, even though, uh-huh. because it, mainly because it's Germany, <laughs> but I got to see you in like just a vest. Vest <laughs> and no t shirt. Just totally, a vest, no t shirt. Totally okay. Danny Trejo style. Just a vest and shirtless. That's what I want to see. <laughs> You asked for it. That's what I want. So leather vest. No, and are we, do I need like rings, necklaces? I'm not, okay, not Danny Trejo style. You don't have to wear leather. I would just like to see you in like a black. <laughs> it could be a total dress suit vest. Oh, okay. In fact, I would prefer it wasn't leather. To tell oh, you so truth. like, so like, like a nice silky, like yeah. one from like a three piece suit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> you just took me more to like the village people than Danny Trejo. Okay. Neckwear like optional. Necklace Neckwear optional. optional. <laughs> okay. You know, I still have holes in my ears from having plugs. So we can get some funny earrings in there Ooh. if you want. Uh, nah, we don't have to. This isn't a, this isn't an, like another character. This is just a, okay. Okay. a little icing. So talk cake. about my legs and feet then. You don't see them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> now you got to walk on and off stage. I've learned that one the hard way. Okay, There's too many pictures of me in like New Balances and like shitty Adidas basketball shorts before I realized people take pictures of you in weird places. You know. All right. So to go with your vest, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see a nice big pair of white fucking puffy Nikes. Oh, 90s yeah. style. Okay, like sneakerhead, like yeah, open, like all open. Yeah. And, oh my god, <laughs> that couldn't be the worst shoe to play drums in. It has to be. <laughs> and then okay. pant, I don't know pants. Like I, I'm not gonna put you in dress slacks because then the vest no, is not as cool. But so, cut off dress slacks. I just I think black then jeans look is like fine. Angus Young. Black jeans is fine. Maybe slightly yeah. pegged so you can actually put them into the sneakers so the sneakers can really like stick out around. And them. what am I doing with my mane of hair? It's just got to flow, baby. Just flowing down? Yeah. Definitely. Do I perm it? Do I like hook I it up a see little? It, I want to see it stick to your sweaty shoulders. Oh, goodness. Wow. You just got into this. <laughs> Brad's going to pen an erotic novel later. <laughs> I get some descriptive words in there. Yeah. Mm. Well, (laughs) what an intro. This is what happens when we intro before we uh, interview our guest. Um, (laughs) Anything goes. Yeah. But Dan the Pizza Man, which is what I have to call him now because (laughs) my kids have dubbed him Dan the Pizza Man. He's literally been feeding my kids since they were babies, Um, which is one of the reasons my kids are foofy as fuck with food. Because as you've seen in the research, this is, you know, been dubbed like uh, in most ranking lists throughout the pizza world in the last few years. Roz is in like the top 10 countrywide, essentially Uh, on like every list. 
So now my kids have this this taste in their mouth of like the best pizza in the world. And that's their fucking barometer, you know, like, thanks, Dan. Um, But, you know, the cool thing we learned early on that we'll learn about in the interview is like from the first conversation walking in there, I was like, this isn't just like a pizza place. This is like a concept. This is like an idea. This is like the passion project of some like crazy nerd, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think I realized over time that like, you know, you see this in, in our world, like, like he could just as easily be like a successful musician if that's the way he went, because it's that same kind of like a manic, creative, obsessive energy that creates like the best artists I know, you know, and like you see it in these other kind of capacities where like the only way to make this work is everything. Like a lot of people are good cooks, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people can sing. Like, oh, you have a nice voice. Yeah, you can cook a nice omelet or something. But then there's just like 10 other variables that need to be there for you to either be like a successful restaurateur or a successful singer or something like that. And I think they're pretty close in style. Um, And it's like the most like locally sourced shit you can. And that's part of the concept is like, you know, you don't... uh, you don't get quality by importing the best San Marzano tomatoes from San Marzano, Italy, because right. the reason they all started using that shit was because it was from there. It was local. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so that's like the whole concept is like, is like to utilize the best of like what's actually around and New Jersey, as I don't know if you've heard, <laughs> Brad has some of the finest farming and agriculture Jersey tomatoes are famous throughout the world, you know? Yeah, I did know that. Everyone thinks it's all, you know, Eddie and the Cruisers kind of shit around here. (laughs) And and really, it's like, it's it's mostly farms and people in trucks, but just like the more uh, approachable accent, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The more approachable accent. Is that fair? (laughs) Sure. That's that oh, yeah, diplomatic. But... <laughs> this is why I might be the first uh, Jewish state senator one day. You know, got to got to kiss babies. You got all the references, dude. I'm. I think you could do it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, let's listen, let's listen to an interview with Dan. really starting this interview off 
you know, lusciously. I'm go- for you. I would encourage the Al Green vibe, Benny, because I, I know that's your that's your spirit animal. Whoa! I said it. I mean, oh, you're not allowed, Brad. Oh, you canceled. Brad's canceled. There we Jesus, are. Brad. Twenty-two seconds oh. in, and I've already I'm already canceled. Dan, has anyone ever purchased in all your years of of you know owning restaurants and being in the food business? Have you ever sold someone food that you knew was going to be used in like a sexually explicit manner and not really for eating? <laughs> no, no, not once. Not once. Oh. Like someone just came in, they're like, Dan, I need Can a veal you- parmesan. <laughs> Special garlic, or, or you know. can you can you cut a one inch hole in the box of uh, in the bottom of my pizza box? Benny's here to tell you that you're actually wrong and that he has purchased food to have sex with. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, Dan, let me tell you something about 2017. There was a buffalo mozzarella incident. <laughs> uh, I was hoping that one day you're like, yeah, my first restaurant, there's this one couple just come in for a quart of sauce once a week. And I knew it wasn't for noodles. <laughs> I knew it wasn't for macaroni. Is that still a thing in New Jersey, macaroni? Dan? Macaroni? Like back when I was a kid, that was the sort of delineation point between like old world Italians and new world Italians was oh yeah like eating oh you're eating pasta and sauce or, or you're eating macaroni and gravy yeah is that still a thing it's definitely a thing I think it's a, a very specific population of North Jersey oh really yeah not where I grew up oh so tell me about this by the way because <laughs> you know Brad over here and a lot of people don't think Central Jersey exists <laughs> I know you're just it, from just south of it, right? It only doesn't exist for people who live in North Jersey who think the world <laughs> centers themselves around around that. That's it, right? Yeah. Well, what about the <laughs> South Jersey dicks who deny it too? Like the beach people. Oh, I mean, South Jersey is is like the deep south, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a different state. New Jersey is such a small state, but it's yeah. so, so rich and in its diversity. Everyone forgets that the the early Civil War maps had the Mason-Dixon line <laughs> cutting right through the bottom of New Jersey. <laughs> it, it's how it feels. Yeah, yeah, it gets there. So, Dan, where exactly did you grow up? I grew up in Matawan, Monmouth County. In Matawan. Yeah. And, uh, like, growing up in your house, what was food like? Was Was it like... Was it a food house where somebody was was really, you know, focused on cooking and fresh food? Like, did you have not any background really. like that? No, not okay. really. Uh, we kind of, you know, it was just the eighties. You know, it's just know, right. <laughs> food wasn't really a thing back then, uh, the way it is now. Uh, yeah. I did grow up watching a lot of. Uh, like PBS cooking shows with my mom, like uh, Martin Yan, Yan Can't Cook, the guy with the cleaver that oh, cuts yeah. so fast. <laughs> I remember that. I love that shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like we the, used to the watch Bob that. Ross of cooking. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my household was definitely very working class. We just ate very inexpensive food. 
uh, just to get it on the table. We did sit around the table together as a family at six o'clock every day. Oh, really? Which, yeah, which is really special uh, thinking back on it. And, you know, now that I have kids and I'm not able to do that yeah, uh, because I'm working every night, uh, it is definitely something that I, I value about my childhood. And I sure. unfortunately won't have that with my family. So ironically, don't own a restaurant if you... Yeah. If you want to eat kid, food with your kids, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 we do. I mean, we do breakfast, but not all the time because I'm usually sleeping by the time they go to school. So, what was your path like originally? Like, if I asked you at, at a certain age, you know, let's say 12 years old or like going into high school, forming yourself, like what what kind of kid were you? You, were, I, you know, I was. I wanted to be a musician. Right. I know you have a, a love for music. So yeah, yeah, I really was drawn to it at a very early age. Um, what kind think, of stuff? You know, just, it. I mean, I grew up listening to the Beatles, the Stones, you know, anything that my mom had on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I knew, you know, you know, when you're in elementary school and they do that, you know, the, the fourth grade, fifth grade has a band, band concert. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember being- I just in, went to one yesterday. <laughs> nice. How was that? It was amazing. <laughs> it was fifth. Yeah. My kids in fifth grade. That's exactly yeah. where I was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And I remember being in kindergarten, going to one of those shows and just being enamored by oh, really? just the, the, the sound and how full and um, just the, the sheer volume of it. I loved it. And I hmm. couldn't wait to start playing music. Nice. So what was your intro into into picking up instruments? My first was uh, I, I played the saxophone. Yes. Right. Yep. And then, uh, and then I moved over to drums and then guitar. And now I dabble in the piano a little bit. Cool. Uh, and, and did you ever start like a high school band? Did you yeah, ever get yeah, into yeah. it like that? I, I played in high school. I played my way through college. Playing at Plum Street Pub at, at Rutgers. Yes. <laughs> so what are we talking here? What kind of music? Like what kind of guitar play? What was the name of your your bands? Oh man, it was terrible. <laughs> no, uh, give it to me. <laughs> Union uh, Hill. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you were naming restaurants already. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm bad at naming shit in general, but <laughs> it yeah. sounds like a 2012 brewery. Yeah, exactly. Know? Like you were ahead of your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I was always drawn to music. I wanted to do that really up until my senior year in college uh-huh. at Rutgers. I um, I skipped the graduation ceremony and flew to Italy uh, just for an adventure. Oh, really? I, yeah, my cousin was studying in Rome and had an apartment there and he had Whoa. two weeks off. So he's like, come, come visit me. I booked the ticket and two weeks later I was there. Uh, traveled top to bottom you know, a new city or town every day. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just blown away by how much different the food was in Italy as compared to the food that I grew up eating, hmm. you know, with all the Italian restaurants that we have here in New Jersey. Right. The food was just so much different. It wasn't that red sauce, you know, macaroni, gravy, meatballs. Uh, it was It was different everywhere we went. You know, the mm-hmm. food in Venice is completely different from the food in Milan, and which right. is completely different from the food in Rome. Every 50 miles, the food changes. Mm. 
they just have such strong tradition uh, and love for repeating the same dishes wherever you happen to be. Mm. Uh, and the food was simple. You know, the tomato sauce wasn't that thick, rich, acidic, hyper right. sweet. Yeah. You know, things swimming with brushels swimming in it and meatballs. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like that. Yeah. It was, it was light. It was elegant. The textures were different. The, the flavors were different. And uh-huh. I just, I was so curious at, at why and how they did it. Wow. And that's what really spurred me to, to start cooking. So what were you, what were you actually studying in college all those years? Oh, man. Uh, so my, my freshman year, the only college at Rutgers that I got into was Cook College, which yeah, is their agricultural up? school. Yeah, yeah. I uh, lived so, on that side of town. The best best side of town to live on is. Did like you Cook. live on that side of town? Yeah. Then you get like you're in the middle of New Brunswick, uh, off Route yeah. 18. And all of a sudden, you're you're taking a jog through a farm. Like, <laughs> yeah, best exactly. place in town to live by far. Yeah, yeah. right outside my dorm, there was a, f- a field with cows in it. Yeah, it's I lived on Jones, like Jones Avenue for three years over there. <laughs> yeah yeah so i so i was taking all these core classes in agriculture and science but i didn't want to have anything to do with it um but that study kind of came back for you it seems a little bit because the the agro science turned into sort of a big part of big part of what you do that's interesting yeah so so you're in italy on that trip like was there a, a certain dish in a certain place where you like, did you have like an aha moment at any yeah. point when you were there where you're like, yo, fuck it. Like I got to go this way. Yeah. It was two plates of pasta. It was, uh, and they both happened to be gnocchi. Uh, it was mm. gnocchi in Florence and then another gnocchi dish in Salerno. Okay. Uh, and the two of those dishes just blew me away. So I immediately came home and started cooking. I was running a restaurant at the time in New Brunswick. And, um, which spot? Uh, the round grill. Oh yeah. Do you you remember that place? Yes, of course I do. (laughs) Did you, didn't they ring a bell for you when you, when you tipped them a buck? (laughs) Yes, dude. I love the round grill. That was like, that was like at a certain point in my New Brunswick life where I was like, Hey, I know how to be classy in town now. If anyone wants to come with me, I know a place well, we're, well, they'll cook your dish right in front of your face. Right in front yeah. of you. Wow, like you managed the round bucks. grill? Yeah. A white guy managed the round grill? Dude, that <laughs> yeah. seems kind of strange, actually. Yeah, well, so the owner of the place at the time was this young guy. He was probably 30 years old. Okay. Uh, but he was a natural-born entrepreneur. And, uh, and he kind of showed me how to, how to run the business from a business point standpoint. Mm. It wasn't about the food at all. Right, right, right. Uh, but I, I uh, saw my first P&L statement, you know, at mm. 20, what was I, 20 years old, 21. Uh, it's real experiences like that. You know, I was able to talk about lease structures and, and how to buy a failing business or how to, you know, sell a business. Uh, really, it was a really good education in in small business ownership. Uh, and as soon as I came back from that first trip to Italy, 
I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. So I put down the guitar and I did not pick it up for at least 10 years. Okay. Just completely. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an obsessive person. Sure. Yeah. And when I'm into something, I'm only into that one thing. And I right. just really go at it. Which that illusion too would make me think that you're probably a fucking ripper of a guitar player and you're not going to say it. I, you know, I'm not bad. I bet you're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm not terrible. Because you probably got obsessive and weird yeah. about the guitar. Like you do pizza and you were good at it. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this- and what's funny is I, I, just, um, I just bought a new guitar maybe a year and a half ago. And right. I'm all in on it. Uh, not all in. But- What'd you get? You got to tell me. I bought a Fender Strat. I was always a Les Paul guy. Yeah. Because uh, I, you know, I just, I love that sound, that fullness. Uh, but it's I bought heavy. a Fender Strat, <laughs> which is like the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. And I just, I love the tone. I love how easy it is to play. I can fly on that thing. Hmm. And I just, I love the tone. And for me, I, I I play between ten and twenty minutes a day every single day, and cool. I swear to you, it is it is my meditation. Oh yeah, nice. It just because when you're playing music, it is impossible to think about anything else except the next notes that you're playing. Right, and it just shuts my brain off in a way that not many other things do. Yeah, it's pretty pretty safe place, right? Yeah. Nice. Now, what are you just noodling along? Or are you playing to stuff? I uh, I turn up the turn up my stereo and put on whatever whatever's on. You know, I'll I'll play along to. Say let let's take this scenario. Say you're having kind of a rough morning, little stressful, not feeling great, and you have five minutes to do the guitar. What's your go to jam along song to like pick yourself up a bit? Oh, probably some Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> what 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 are we talking? What's your favorite Zepp record? Uh probably two. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong. Yeah, like House of the Holy. Uh, I don't know all of them. I'm really into the Beatles again lately because I I just watched that. Uh, oh right, uh, the documentary, the Get Back documentary yeah. on the making of of Let It Be. Pretty cool. And I just, I love that album now. I, I was never a Let It Be fan. And now I think it's one of my favorite albums, at least half of it. You know, yeah, half that yeah. they, they actually play live. Right. That was one of the most like refreshing documentaries. I, I honestly couldn't even watch all of it because by a certain point, I was yeah, like, it's oh. repetitive. Yeah, yeah. I was so, like, I was like I, I'm about to be in one of these rooms. Yeah. Can I tell you how obsessive it, I am? Yeah. I, I think I've watched it about seven times now. Oh. <laughs> the whole thing? The whole thing. Oh, wow. Shit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I put now, it on pretty much every night before I go to bed. Yeah. Now we talked we talked a little bit about this yesterday off off wax, but it's something that so when you're watching something like that, because to me, you know, I've seen you work and I know some people in the business. And like we were talking yesterday, like there's a lot of great cooks who can't run a restaurant, right? There's a lot of great musicians who are not successful musicians for a variety of other reasons is like sort of that interpersonal dynamic you're watching between the band and management and all those layers. 
Is that, yeah. is that something that's drawing you to it? Like That is definitely, first of all, I mean, you never, I mean, I, I grew up listening to the Beatles. They're obviously iconic, uh, but you, there's not that much uh, content where you can actually see them interacting yeah. with each other. You see their their quirks, their sense of humor mm-hmm. um, when they get serious. Um, you can see hints of conflict, which I'm, you know, I'm super interested in. Um, but for me, it's really still about the process that they go through musically, right. um, where you can see them do 25 takes of the same song and seeing the evolution from, you know. The, the even before the first take where it's just an idea and then seeing the idea transform into this number one song that, right. you know, it just, it didn't happen automatically. It didn't happen by, by chance. It was, it was hard work and it yeah. was the process mm, and right. how they all played a part in the process. Um, and they just kept doing it. And every time they did it, it would get better. Yeah. It's really, it, it really is how the pizza's made. That, exactly. That, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and that's why I'm so drawn to it is because it, that's exactly what I do. Yeah. So like when I, so I went to Raza like a week or two ago and tried the potato pie for the first time. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Um, but so in this, like, like, like walk me through the creation of just that. Like, how many iterations of that pizza existed prior to like finally landing on the menu? Uh, I mean, we probably made it forty times or so wow. before it ever got on the menu. And then the thing is, for us, it you know, it, it's not like we you know, there's no moment where it's done. There's no moment where the record is made, right? Yeah. Right. Every single day we have the opportunity to make it better or <laughs> right, to make it right. worse. Right? Yeah, you we don't make to... the pizza. The, this is the perfect pizza. I'm putting it on the wall. Exactly. And then, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's and that's true. one of the things that I love about my business, yeah. but also one that drives me absolutely insane because right. you it just, never you have, it never stops. You yeah. have to keep doing it. You have huh. to keep doing the same. It's like playing the same song every single day. Right. But fortunately for me, I have that obsessive gene where I like playing the same song every day. Sure, sure. Uh, now, and what you about, know, I, you know, I'm always fascinated. I, I forget his name, but the one dude at your restaurant who's been cooking pizzas with you like this whole time. There's a couple. Like the main dude who's on the line, uh, Octavio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you know, the, he's been there for, and like nine years. And you know, I watch him work, and you you obviously have like absolute inherent trust. Oh yeah, in like him doing the work you want. Like, like does that even though does someone like him have to share your unique vision and passion for pizza to cook it the way you want it? Or he just needs to know exactly the way you want it done. Um, so for him specifically, you know, we have, we have 15 cooks at this point. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so everybody is a little bit different. You know, some people like the repetition, like Octavio happens to like mastering one position and just mm. really digging in deep and doing it day after day. Other okay. people uh, like movement and they like one day doing this position, the next day doing this position. I want to learn a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Everybody's different. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the goal of any leader is to identify what makes someone tick and what mm. makes them, you know, in, in engaged. Right. Uh, so for Octavio, it, it, at the beginning, it was a lot of, um, uh, you know, constant training and constant teaching and looking at every single pie that comes out of the oven and saying, okay, this one needed a little bit of more, a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that. We probably could have baked it for 20 more seconds or 20 less seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have used a little bit less pressure on the dough with our hands leading to a better texture. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I have this document, uh, I call it the pizza evaluation rubric. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like Frank Zappa, dude. This is dude, great. So it's like I the feel black like page. It is. There, there's, pizza is so simple, but it is so specific. Yeah. You know, like, dude, there's probably 20,000 pizzerias in the country and we're, mm-hmm. all, we're all doing the same exact thing. It's dough, sauce, cheese. Right. Right. Yeah. But every single pizzeria makes it completely different. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, you know, early on in my career, I, I identified the fact that I don't have this strong familial tradition history thing. Like I didn't grow up in a pizzeria. I didn't right. grow up yeah. in Naples. Uh, so I wanted to create my own style of pizza because I, I just don't like following trends and I don't like following anyone's lead. Sure. Uh, so I identified certain characteristics about pizza in general that I wanted to create in my pizza. And the first okay. list was like eight characteristics. You know, I knew I didn't, right. I wanted it to be crispy. I wanted it to be, be able to pick it up with my hands and not have it, you know, be soupy or floppy. Yeah. It can't flop, uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. No flop. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it started with eight. What's it at now? It's at about 60. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and over the years I've, I've shared this with people, uh, yeah. and people, you know, my pe- people in the, in the food business are always very intrigued by it because it really is my, my product specs. Right. right? Any, right. any, like if you try to build a house and don't have a set of blueprints, you're fucked. Mm. So, but, but this if is you just blueprint. gave this paper to anybody over enough time, could they do what you do? Is it that detailed? Uh, it's pretty detailed. <laughs> it's it's pretty detailed. But I actually I just published it in my book. My my cookbook came out in November, and the whole book is based around this pizza evaluation rubric. Yeah, yeah, and and how to get the pizza to fit those characteristics. That's so funny. I'd love to see this. Do do you know of the black page? Have you heard of that? So when Frank Zappa would be um, rehearsing for a new drummer, he came up with this one page of sheet music of the most impossibly ridiculous drum sheet music you could make 
called the Black Page to basically like <laughs> challenge anyone who is going to like come into Frank Zappa's group. And apparently, the only one to ever nail the Black Page in one take was Terry Bozio, you know, who's like drummed for everyone, like the biggest pro in the world. Wow. This, this document seems like the Black Page to me, where like <laughs> I would love to see like you just bring like 10, 12 people who think they're like pizza, real good pizza people and don't give them anything but the page and just let them go and see how different like or or the similarly like all 12 come out. It would be kind of fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> Can we run an experiment on these people? Definitely. <laughs> what, what's funny is now that now that my book is out there and people are using the recipes... Yeah. And thanks to Instagram, people are taking pictures of our pizza from around the world. And you can definitely oh. see the ones that have experience, ones that had, you know, issues during the process. Yeah. Or just are, are at the beginning of, of the of the journey. Uh, but it's just amazing to see people using the recipes and then sharing them with me from all over the world. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. In the process of writing the book, were you worried at all about like giving up your secrets and giving up the the playbook, or do you feel no. like you're like the pizza Robin Hood? You're like, I just <laughs> I just care for it so much. I just want it to be better, like everywhere. Like, what, yeah, that yeah. So that that is, I w- I want the overall quality of pizza in the the country, if not the world, to be a little bit better. And if I can add to that conversation with very real, very tested information over the past 20 years, like go for it, man. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, after after the book came out, I changed all of my dough recipes. Oh, you did? Yeah. Every <laughs> yes. single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Yo, you got to get this pizza Cadillac. Dan, you're the pizza pimp. <laughs> that is so tough. So you gave it to everyone and then immediately we're like, yeah. all right, back to the we're lab. Done. Exactly. Pimp. Oh, that's so funny. Exactly. In, in January. So the book came out in November, did some publicity until the holidays. And then January rolled around. And I changed everything. And we're still, we're still working through a lot of those changes. And, sure. um, and I have tons of changes to be, you know, coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, but things change very slowly. Sure. Because uh, it's, again, it's not like take, you know, performing a three minute song and then, and then doing it again with minor changes. Our changes take at least, at least 24 hours to see right. any results, but the real results are, are over time. I see. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Cause I know, you know, like a lot of people, one of the first times we spoke, I made the same mistake that a lot of people do. And I tried to, you know, be like the New Yorker who knows a lot about, oh, I worked at pizza places. I know something about this. Um, oh, hell yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, dear, it's about the water, right? You know, like, like <laughs> you know, something about the New York water. And you're just like, you almost gave me like a like, like hand on your shoulder, kid. Let me walk you through <laughs> It's okay, this. pal. <laughs> like, like, let me know it's not the water, Benny. And let me explain to you what it is. And so can you like do a, I know this is an extremely detailed conversation that you could go into for a long time, but what's the, that basic premise you have about, you know, the air, 
and the air quality and the pressure and the moisture and what that does to dough, like more than the, the water you add to it. Yeah, so it's really just about, you know, fundamentally going back to why the food in Italy was so much better right. um, and to pizza, it's ingredients and technique, mm-hmm. right? So your, your ingredients are the raw, raw materials. Like you're never going to build a great house with boards and beams that are warped, right? right. They have to right. be very sturdy and high quality. Same thing with our ingredients. They have to be perfect and pristine. Um, and then there's the technique end. And that's where uh, the, you know, the pieces come together. Okay. And a lot of the technique in dough making is surrounded by managing time and temperature. Right. Um, the humidity matters much less. The atmospheric pressure, nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it has a minute difference, but I've made right. pizza in LA, Miami, New York, New Jersey. Uh, time and temperature are the big factors. Okay. So we're constantly managing the temperatures both in the room, but of the actual dough. So we have these algebra formulas for calculating what temperature water we should use every day so that when the dough is finished mixing, it starts fermentation at the same temperature. And that's what a lot of pizzerias and home home bakers don't manage those temperatures. and, and that's if you why don't you get, manage that temperature, then then batch to batch would be uh, every day is a little bit different. A little different, right? Yeah, like actually completely different. Wow. You have to manage temperatures for for consistency and to know what went right or what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, because pizza dough is fermenting, right? There's there's yeast in it, which is a living thing, and yeah. it performs best at a specific temperature. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, like, the last weekend, you know, I was in there. You told me, I was like, all right, so how many how many starter doughs do you need here to, like, to like get through the weekend. And you told me a really, you know, wild number, over a thousand. Um, and so how, when you get to this scale, like something so kind of detailed and precise, how do you, how do you calculate and do it on such a large scale, like getting ready for every night? You know, it, it takes a lot more people and a lot more management yeah. for sure. Uh, but one of the, great things that I love about pizza is whether you make one ball of dough at your house or if you make a hundred thousand at one time in a factory, they're just zeros, hmm. right? It, it's the exact same thing. And that's why our, our recipes are for, for baking, for, for breads and for pizza dough, they're written in percentages rather than actual numbers, that way, uh, yeah. I can talk to somebody about their dough at home and somebody who's got a bread factory, and okay. it's all exactly the same. It's all relative. The, right. the scale doesn't matter. It's just more containers and more space that you need and a bigger mixer and a bigger bowl and more people to, to roll the dough balls. But it's, it's exactly the same. So it is relatively easy to scale from being a home baker to having a, you know, a chain of restaurants. Right. As gotta, long as you understand the best practices every step of the process. Yes, 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 yes. Because it is a long process from the minute that we receive our ingredients to how we store them to what temperature they're held at, when they get incorporated with water and salt and yeast how long it ferments, when we divide it, when we make the balls, how long we store them, and then, you know, how we, how we bake the pizza. There's about 30 steps of the pizza making process. And it's really important for us to identify those steps and then to execute on a daily basis, each step just as perfect as we can. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see where this like dry, this, this could be a maddening process for you, who's someone who wants the each pizza to be, you know, so specific that that must be tough to get your head around. Yeah, but you know, there's a, there is a margin of error and I don't want it to be this uniform, yeah, uh, devoid of character product. It, That's right. We're, we're baking with a fucking campfire. Right. <laughs> right. There, yeah, there's sure. natural variation yeah, that's going yeah. to occur. Right. And that's one of the beautiful things about, and that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about playing a guitar yes. through a loud amp versus, you know, going on uh, the computer and, and generating some sounds. There's mm-hmm. a very serious difference. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, like, I, I love the idea, you know, I, I hear a lot of people complain about like a Bob Dylan concert. Because mm-hmm. you have no idea what you're going to get when you go to a Bob Dylan concert. I love that about a Bob Dylan concert. You know, yeah, there's something like, very specific about yeah, it. Yeah, so so you should have that like v- 
the chance for variety and the chance for something. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll go to, you know, Domino's if I want the same thing every time. Exactly. I won't exactly. And that, and that's why my type of business <laughs> is, is not nearly as scalable as a Domino's because I like the variation. I right, like right. the, um, you know, nuance and you just don't get that with a, with a factory produced product yeah, like I that. I mean, those places are built on like, here's what you do. We put it, we gave it to you in the way you can fuck it up the least. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. And listen, I, I do that also. Sure. You know, I, I try to simplify things to just the, the bare essential. And so, you know, so that my, my team can execute, uh, every day the same and try to always simplify things for them. Um, but there's, there's just an inherent difference because we're not, you know, we're, we're looking for a great product, not our focus is not on the financial end of it. Yeah. 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 So say like you're out on the road and, and you know, like duty calls, you got to eat. What like what chain pizza would you eat if you uh, had to? Like, what's your go-to? All right, this is fine. Uh, if I was stuck somewhere, I probably would not be eating pizza. I'd rather eat Wendy's or Chipotle. No, or you have Shake to, Shack. You're not getting out of this question. <laughs> you have to tell. All right, now uh, since you're making it hard. I don't I'm think this is a fair question. A it makes Domino's. me uncomfortable. I've, I've only eaten Domino's once and it was gross. Yeah. Okay. So you've never even tried these things. Have you ever tried Pizza Hut? So my, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> school lunch in high school, they had Pizza Hut for some okay, reason. Right. And that shit is delicious. It is. It is. I haven't had it since high school, but. Yeah. I mean, if you fry a pizza crust. Hell in, yeah. <laughs> in butter or whatever Hell they yeah. do. Yeah, it's tasty. Sure. Doesn't feel great after. Right, I was hoping to get some like some real dirt here, you know? Yeah, I got nothing Be on like, that one. I'd rather you eat know a what, burger. Benny? Every once in a while, I'll get a Papa John's and dip it in some ranch Parmesan <laughs> dipping sauce or something. Something gross. Fortunately, we're in a place in pizza where there is there's a great pizzeria in every city in this country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Well, I got to tell you, if you wind up in this predicament, Dan. What's yours? I think it's Domino's Thin Crust. I think Domino's Thin Crust is the safest thing to eat out of all of them. And that's not the regular Domino's? No, no. It's not their circle pie. It's like, it's real thin. Um you know, it, yeah, it tastes more like a flatbread or something. I guess that's probably what makes it safer, you know, is less dough. <laughs> Pizza I Hut, I actually really, really enjoy, but it fucking kills me. Just, <laughs> like within 10 seconds of eating Pizza Hut, I'm fucking sick. And I think it's just because of whatever like grease pit they like basically fry their pizzas in. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's I, a lot of fat. You know what? Domino's thin crust. Get yourself a little lava cake for afterwards. And see, I, I, lava I, cake is my thing. I've had worse nights, you know? <laughs> I would just skip the pizza and, and get two lava cakes. Yeah, that's true. If you're going to go Domino's, just go all out. I mean, they have like sandwiches and shit now. Who Do they? What happens. Yeah, it's, I, I saw one thing they had that I, th I think they call it a pizza zoni or something. They literally just take a pizza 
and fill it with God knows what, you know, bacon and ranch and whatever happens there and just fold it over so you can eat it with, you know, like in your hands. Um, yeah, that works. Yeah, I, mean, I guess, you know. So how about as far as the regional thing? Um, you know, if you're going outside of like the New York, New Jersey area, is there, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of beef between New Haven and Chicago and uh, uh, Detroit you know, now's in the mix. Like, yeah, like, where's your favorite, uh, you know, non-regional pizza? Non-regional? Yeah, like not around here. Oh, not around here. Uh, yeah. You know, I like Detroit style uh, because it's crispy and I love crispy pizza. Okay. Uh, I'm not into the Chicago deep dish thing. I love the other styles in Chicago, like tavern style, which is super thin. They cut it in squares, crispy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Love that. Um, I love Roman pizza, pizza, um, pizza, uh, Altalio. Oh, what's, uh, what's that vibe? You know, it's, it's very similar to Detroit, but it's uh, a little bit on the thinner side. They're baked in bigger pans, and the crust is so much lighter. Mm. airier and more fragrant mm. and the toppings are just very creative seasonal uh that's my favorite style of pizza to, to eat is roman style pizza and, and this is find, from from rome we're from rome but okay. it you you are seeing them pop. we have a couple in uh here in new jersey uh, i think there's one in scotch plains uh i'm sure there's other ones oh uh there's one in manasquan okay which is really good um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're popping up. You're going to see more of that. Um, yeah, I love that style. Do you ever have problems with the Chicago people? N- I don't into typically have problems with anybody because, you know, <laughs> uh, there are bigger things in this life to fight about than somebody's yeah. pizza from their hometown. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, the uh-huh. best pizza is the pizza that you grew up eating. That's right. just your barometer for all pizzas going forward. That's so true. if you grew up in a town with just Domino's, well, the rest of your life should be pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah you're cruising. You're, <laughs> you're cruising. good. Everything yeah. is probably tasting great to you. I know. That's why you fucked me, Dan, because my children are being it's, raised on Raza. You exactly. Yeah. My my kids too. You know, and you know, I grew up in the '80s in in New Jersey. Our pizza was phenomenal. Oh yeah. Same. I, I mean, I grew up in a town decline. where you not only had, you had options of great pizza in the town I was in. Yes. And it exactly. wasn't even a big town. Yeah. Exactly. And you're, you knew your friend's places, right? So you knew that your friend Mark, his family always goes to right. Pizza Village or yeah, they yeah. always go to Enzo's. They're in Alfonso's family. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So around here, around New York, New Jersey, uh, if like, what's your what's 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 the best slice pie you've had around here? Uh, probably Rosie's in Point Pleasant. Mm. It's really good if you ever go down uh, down to the beach. Okay, uh, Rosie's in Point Pleasant makes an amazing slice of pizza. Nice, I'll try that. Uh, one. What about there's, this- there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a ton. Um, so recently, I was in that that Champion Pizza in the city. Um, I don't know if you've been. It's quite good. I have not. Uh, you know, kind of the square style. Um, you know, I don't even know what they call it anymore when they kind of, 
you know, dish out these sort of rectangular pizzas on the wood planks and cut you a rectangle of it. It's and they cut like, it? Yeah. That's Pizza wanna... Italia. That's the Roman style. Okay, that's Roman style. Yeah, so boy. They kind of do it like that. It's it's delicious. I just had it the other day. But when you go into that place, the walls are covered with the owner's apparent success in pizza competitions. <laughs> like, like, oh, first place, like speed, like second place, you know, something. Like, what's the deal with these things, man? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a thing. The like, how big of a champions. thing? Is there like a whole subculture behind this? There is. Okay. There is, yeah. They're, they usually compete at the uh, at the pizza trade shows. There's one in Atlantic City and one in Vegas. And then they do a couple of tournaments or championship things in uh, in Italy per year. Wow. Yeah. And very specific people are into that. Like there's just some dudes that are really into dough acrobatics. Okay. So they do little dance moves and they throw the, the dough all over the place. And it's really inspiring to watch. Are they like uh, judged on style and stuff like that? Like, yeah, there's a whole judging criteria. Can you tell... Wait, what's... <laughs> What are some of the criteria for judging? I have no idea. Okay, okay. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> so <laughs> but there's it is that- a thing. And, and listen, if, if you're yeah. into it, that's awesome. Go for it. Sure. Uh, yeah, and then there's like largest uh, or uh, fastest uh, pizza box folding competition mm. that they do every year. I think you get like... I was pretty good at that. 30 seconds to fold as many boxes as possible. Yeah. Yeah, Which is yeah. a very real skill to have. In, it is an uh, extremely real skill to have. <laughs> Listen, it took me about three years, maybe longer, to master doing a box in one single motion. <laughs> Which you know is like, that's when you become pimp at the pizza place. Yes. And that's why I hate small boxes. You know, the yeah. smaller, thinner boxes with the little clip. Oh, the garbage. Because you got to start, you know, tearing on perforated lines and shit. I'm like, I got <laughs> things to do here. Come on. <laughs> so they have the pizza box competition, dough slinging. Yeah. Is there any, like, is there a quality portion of it? Uh, yeah, there are. Yep. Okay. There's, you know, uh, there's and there's different divisions. So there's the <laughs> traditional division, the non-traditional. I think okay. there's a gluten-free at this point. Oh, gluten-free uh, division. Yeah, there, wow. there's a, it's They're a like whole the thing. ABA. They got like the they got like the the American flag ball and like the gluten-free, <laughs> <laughs> like the side league. <laughs> Do, who judges these things? Uh, top people in the industry. Yeah. Who like so? All right, so who is like the pizza Illuminati then? Like who, who declares like who are the top dogs of these industries, and like how does that trickle down in your world? Or can you not uh, say? Can you not? Say? No, I think at for those things specifically, uh, a lot is based around the trade show mm-hmm. and who organizes the trade show or who sponsors the competition, uh, whether it's a flower company or. You know, and who who has relationships with all of these people? They tend to be top people in in the industry. Okay. Is there a magazine? There is. It's called Pizza Today. <laughs> <laughs> a weekly? Uh, quarterly. A quarterly. Okay. I, I'm I'm gonna try to text you the picture of it. Yeah, it's fucking please. hilarious. I'm always, I love the subcultures that are attached to to every 
every profession, you know, is that, all right. So what every subculture has like, uh, clothing, right? So what you go to the pizza trade show down in AC, which I may want to go to now because that sounds awesome, especially in Atlantic city. I can't imagine what it like when you're in the competition and then when you're mingling around later, what's like pizza guy gear. Uh, usually, so it seems like there's two people, two mm-hmm. types of people in the industry. Okay. Ones who wear uh, polo shirts with their company logo on it. Oh, right, right, right. And then you got the young crew that we basically wear each other's t-shirts. Oh, you're like punk bands, like supporting each other. Yes. Nice. Yeah. The okay. the younger, or I don't want to say younger, but the, the newer generation of pizza people are very supportive of each other. Nice. Uh, there's really no competition. Is that you know, a new all, thing? Was it historically cutthroat? Oh, very cutthroat. Okay. Pizzerias would, um, some, some of them would take the labels off of the tomato cans. Mm. So nobody saw what, type of tomato it was, wow. even if they went into the dumpster. Right. That, that was actually a thing. Wow. Yeah. No one's getting this secret. Yeah. And you're the one ridiculous. putting it on wax. You're putting it in a book. You're like yeah, the Ian Mackay of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the sauce, you know, people trying to hide their sauce and stuff. Yes. Can you explain, is it a yearly sauce pilgrimage you go on now? Uh, or a know, yearly tomato pilgrimage, or like I a- do a lot of tomato work, yeah. whether it's fresh tomatoes or canned tomatoes. I try to talk to as many people in that industry as possible on a on a constant basis. Uh, I've been to uh, tomato canneries in Italy, multiple parts of Italy, and ones in California, mm-hmm. and just seeing the differences. Kind of, it's very eye-opening. Okay, uh, but what I do for for tomatoes is I do a I do a tomato tasting every year where I line up about twelve different tomatoes that are available, uh, you know, to purchase throughout the year, and I do a double blind taste test based on this um, evaluation system that I came up with. Okay. And so I, I just like I broke down the in individual components of pizza into all the specific characteristics. I did that with tomatoes also. Hmm. Uh, so tomatoes are uh, the the characteristics that we're judging them are are based on their positive flavor attributes, negative flavor attributes, color, texture, uh, the quantity of seeds and skins, and uh, sweetness and acidity. Wow. So we have this. Uh, this scale, this printout that we that we fill out as we're tasting each tomato individually, and at the end of it, there is an absolute clear winner for everyone. And really? that's what that, always, and that's what we serve every huh. year. And, and if and, a new and, one happened and, to win, we would yeah. we would change our tomatoes to that winner. Wow! So just so you you could be using the same tomatoes for two years, I can imagine. You buy a shit ton of them yep. when you're when you're using them, and just based on this this one yearly competition you have, if a new winner comes up, you're like, all right, out with the old. This is our new tomato. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Cool. There's certain things that um, 
there's certain products that we bring in and we bring in them because of uh, a relationship or an ideology, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the hazelnuts that we serve right. from Rutgers, right? A guy I went to cook college Project with. hazelnut. Exactly. Yeah. He's been breeding hazelnuts for 20, 20 something years. They're incredible. It's bringing back uh, an agricultural system that was once here that is now gone. You know, that's an ideological reason why we're bringing that product in. Something as as core as tomatoes, uh, I don't care about the relationship nearly as much as I do the quality of the product. Yeah. Because that's my, that's my, my reputation. Yeah. Sure. Right. And if there's a tomato out there that's better than the one that I was using yesterday, I'm going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You're like, right? muse, like, like, I don't care. Give me, give me pro tools. I want to make this better. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating with that. Um, well, it's always good. I, I was curious about something, Dan. Tell me. Um, so, you know, I, I saw it with my own eyes, the, essentially, you know, I guess to put it in context, I'd been watching like movies about restaurants and chefs and stuff for years. And I always found this like the the critic, like this sort of overlord critic who's going to come into the restaurant and the way people would pander to them and how the critic would like saunter in with like like a cape and tails, big glasses, <laughs> and expect this like crazy service, like a king. And I'm like, this has got to be bullshit. Like this can't. And then I watched it with my own eyes. I saw your entire business shift on on a review. Yeah. Um. So, which made me think, like, oh my god, is this like rip torn character who like comes into restaurants? Like, this is kind of real, isn't it? Yeah, the so, the, I mean, there's a lot there to unpack, but yeah. yes, it uh, one review can change the course of your business as it did mine. We were, you know, we were struggling for f- the first four and a half years. It's amazing that we even made it to that point. Jersey City, tough town. It, it was tough at the beginning, yeah. um, for sure. But one person's comments about what we do on a daily basis completely shifted my business. Yeah. Completely. Um, now, did you know that person was coming in that day? No. You didn't? No. Well, so they, he didn't come in once. Uh, he was in uh, three or four times. Oh, okay. Uh, on the one of the visits, I knew one of the guys he came with. He came with this uh, food and beverage uh, journalist, writer, TV show host. Okay. Um, and I knew, I knew him. So I was like fanboying over this guy being okay. in New Jersey eating pizza. Cool. He happened to be with the, the critic for the New York Times. Who you didn't know was. Who I didn't critic. know. Wow. Yeah. But listen, we're in New Jersey. The New York Times doesn't usually go to New Jersey right. to view pizza places. Right. Seriously. So we didn't think it was, you know. And literally and, went to the point of making the headline the best pizza in New York is in New Jersey. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like Brad, if you read that article without knowing Dan here, what would you say? I'd uh I'd be pissed. You'd guffaw, <laughs> right? You'd guffaw. <laughs> yeah, I would Did guffaw. You? You're right. 
Yeah, you would <laughs> guffaw. Like, uh, so have you ever had to like pander to one of those people, like knowing they're in there? I know you've you've had other restaurants and stuff. Like, okay, so like do these over the top villain critic types exist? They exist in their writing, not in person. Ah. Typically, a real food critic does not. You don't. You don't know who they are. Right. They use a fake name, a fake credit card. Uh, you know, some of the fine dining restaurants have pictures of the. Uh, you know the the really? the, food, the big food critics in their kitchen in their server stations. Oh shit. Yeah, it's it's a thing in fine dining. Obviously, yeah. we don't do that. Uh, but real critics don't announce themselves. You don't know they're there, right? Because they should be they should be basing their critique on what everybody eats, not a special meal that they get, right? Exactly. Yeah. But now with all of the crowdsourced uh, reviews, like Google and Yelp, mm. and then mm-hmm. now. Everybody's a critic. Everybody <laughs> right. thinks they should be right. pandered to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not really wrong, right? Right, because that does guest, have influence, right? Well, yeah, I mean, fuck the review. They're, they're a person. They're a guest walking through our, our doors. Mm-hmm. And every guest should be treated kindly and like royalty. They right. chose us. Out of all of the other restaurants that they could go to for that one meal, they chose us to forget about life for an hour, to to be taken care of for an hour, not to have to wash the dishes after (laughs) after dinner. Uh, They chose us. And we need to be grateful that they made that choice because that's why we have a job. And that's why you have gas in your car and your rent is paid. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good way to look at it and also a, an easy way to ensure that everybody gets a great meal. You just treat everybody the same, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's pizza, man. It's not that serious. What we don't <laughs> we don't do this for the for the accolades, the uh the the gold stars and the pats on the back. Yeah, right. So what so say that guy didn't come in there. Or or you did or or didn't get that specific review, like you were already making great pizza. I mean, yes. it was like, you know, we all knew it. Everyone in the neighborhood was like, "Oh, this is like the best place to eat in the neighborhood." Yeah. So anytime we're going out to eat, like we're going there because it's awesome. And you know, it's not like it was some like secret. Um, yeah. Like, did you have anything else like planned or in the works to try to like? stay there and boost it up like at that time was it that serendipitous it just came at like the perfect time for you it did come at a perfect time um yeah but no i you know getting back to my obsessiveness nothing was going to stop me (laughs) (laughs) nothing so you would have gone into like massive debt didn't give a shit like you were in it yeah, well, so I I did have it on the market. I was going to sell Ratsa about really? two oh. years in. It oh, just shit. it was not good. I owned another restaurant at the time right. that was you had that one in Montclair, uh, Maplewood. Yeah, yeah, Maplewood, right? Yeah, and I just I made the the determination that you know what I really believe in Jersey City. I really believe in Ratsa. Uh, so I sold the successful restaurant like any good business person. 
<laughs> and turned the failing or, you know, the, the breaking even restaurant into, into what it is today. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't going to let, let it stop me. What's, uh, is the other restaurant still open and cruising? I think so. Yeah. Nice. Does it feel like, can you not look at it? Is it like an ex-girlfriend? You're like... It's like an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. You don't (laughs) want to know what happens in there. Nope. (laughs) No. I miss the people. I miss the town. Yeah. Uh, I miss the community. Sure. Yeah. Um, And I miss the the people who work there. Right. Yeah. You must have had some deep, deep relationships. Oh, yeah. I was there for... I owned it for 10 years. Wow. As my, all of my, my entire twenties were, were spent there. That's wild, man. And it was my first, my first business. You know, I had no experience. I just bought a a failing restaurant and worked at it long enough and hard enough and made it successful. Maybe one day, one day you'll have a gray beard. You'll be like, all right, I'm ready. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you'll still be critiquing the food. You're like, what did they do nah, to this eggplant? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Never looking back, only looking forward. I love nice. it. I love it. Well, you've been in JC. This one, you know, you love JC. And and you were right there for like the, you know, really interesting turnaround of the neighborhood at that time. And, you know, a lot of interesting people who came and also went. Um, yeah. You know, I'm afraid. It's sad. And, uh, <laughs> but... You know, the one thing I was wondering is like, you know, to explain this to anybody, Raza is a very successful, cool restaurant. You never, but then periodically, somebody from Raza you see cruising around with a handcart going around the block <laughs> to like the block of an apartment building and like loading up food. And you're like, wait, do they not have a fucking freezer in there? And then you realize they don't. Or they didn't. I'm sorry. Now we um, do. Now you do. But like the one thing I've always thought too is like Jersey City, especially when you first opened, it was a little funkier, you know? Oh, yeah. So what's the funniest fucking thing that's happened <laughs> or the wildest shit that's gone down oh, as my, a result no. of like I, the system you had there? <laughs> oh, oh, from our system or, or, just, Jer- or Jersey City in general. general. Yeah. I used to be able to park my car in a crosswalk for eight hours. Oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody cared. No, no, no. <laughs> you could do whatever you want. It was the Wild West. It was. It was. There's a there's a a, a convenience store on the corner near us that mm-hmm. used to get meat deliveries and you oh would see the God, guy dude. carrying a Oh, a fucking full lamb dead on his goat. shoulder. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> they were so gross. I was like, can you put it in a fucking bag or Just something? Just put it in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, go get a garment bag from the fucking from the dry cleaner. Carrying or it on his shoulders. I know, dude. <laughs> I remember the first time I turned the corner, I'm like walking my dog. I'm like, what? What the fuck? Is there a dead goat? This is Jersey City. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. As a meat eater, I don't. I dude, I saw a chicken delivery to that place once. Uh, oh, so gross. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. So don't gross. Eat don't eat chicken at the bodega unless no. you have to. Unless you. And have then to. they'd be cutting chicken in the back, and then <laughs> go ring you up without washing your their hands. Right. Ooh. Right. 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 Pre COVID. Pre Pre COVID. Maybe they got it under wraps though. <laughs> 
No, they did, hand sanitized. Did anyone did anyone ever lose a hand truck load? Did anyone take a hand truck load ever? Uh the the hand truck has rolled into the street okay. before. <laughs> yes. Many hand trucks have broken. Many. We've gone through many, many yeah. hand trucks. Uh, because th- we have a storage unit for some of our dry goods. Um, it's technically in the same building, but we have to go out the front door, around the corner, half a block down, and then down a very steep ramp right. <laughs> into this parking garage where we have you know, a, a, a room. Uh, but yeah, remarkably nothing that crazy has happened. I thought at one point someone must have tried to vic some cheese. Just been yeah. like been like walking by and give me that box of cheese right now. Yeah, surprisingly not. It's not great. that we know of. I mean, other not shits we happen. Of. We've had yeah. people walk in off the street, uh, walk into the restaurant, yank something, and then walk right out. And we have it all on video camera. You know what's funny? The biggest problem I ever had in front of Raza was the night you let us have the little party there after I got married. And yep. one of my wife's friends started talking shit to some people outside and created a ruckus. But it had nothing to do that. with Jersey City. It was her. <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> but I was like, this is the first time I got like my old Central Jersey boys are all up in Jersey City. I'm like, yo, I'm ready to roll. Like, Hell what's up? Yeah. like this is the first time I'm ready to roll up here. <laughs> that was a fun night. <laughs> that was. And I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. that all right. I had, th- I had this great question for you. I've been wondering this because you're in the same boat as I am as a lover of New Jersey food. Hell yeah. So say you're on a book tour for three months. Yes. This is a hypothetical. You have one day at home and then three months back on the road. What is your New Jersey must have breakfast, lunch, dinner? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to the diner for breakfast. Okay. What's your go-to? yeah, I don't know if I have a go-to. Okay. It depends. If I Well, if I go to... No, you know what? I'm going to go to a bodega for a... Uh, probably a sausage, egg, and cheese. Okay. On a roll. Going sausage. Yeah. Going Kaiser I don't do the, roll. Hard Kaiser, yeah. right? I don't, I don't do the pork roll or Taylor ham, whatever you want to call it. It's pork roll, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 and wait, does Central Jersey exist to you or not? Stop it, Dan. <laughs> it's pork um, roll and it lives in Central Jersey. <laughs> Goddamn animals. It's my life. <laughs> for a All diner, right. I'm definitely going to... Uh, for lunch, I'm definitely going to diner. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting a grilled cheese, uh, a bowl of chicken noodle soup, and a black and white milkshake. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, grilled cheese. What are we doing? Bread. Are we going standard white and American? Oh, I'm going white. White American. White American. Wow. Classic yep. diner grilled. Okay. Yep. Can't fancy that shit up. So we got a sausage, egg, and cheese, a get diner a grilled, grilled cheese. cheese with some soup and a milkshake. Perfect. Yeah, and then uh, probably go into a North Jersey Italian restaurant for some macaroni and gravy. Okay, standard macaroni and gravy. Yeah. Are you a parm man? You like a chicken parm, an eggplant parm? I love eggplant parm. I like chicken parm. Uh, I like all of it. You know, all the standards, the the parms, the marsalas, the franchises, uh, I like, I love all of it. Um, 
Yeah, I love chicken marsala. When are you going to make me this eggplant parm, Dan? It's going to happen. Got it. <laughs> I've been dying. You got to you gotta come to my house for dinner. That's the thing. That's when I can get the real one? Yes. Mm. So Yeah, because at, at the restaurant, we only have uh, ovens. We don't have a stove. We don't have mm. a fryer. We don't have any, like, gas at all. You get a fryer at your house? No, nah, I don't fry my eggplant. I do it on the stove. Stove top. Yeah. What, what's your eggplant, like... Sam, just this is always confusing. The only one I know who's ever made it right for me fresh is my cousin Bobby, who uh, Bobby Shivaroli, who married into the Jews. So that's why. That's why we, we got one. I was gonna say Bobby Horowitz makes uh, right. makes good eggplant. Bobby Shivaroli and his mom Ann used to make me a matzo lasagna on Passover. <laughs> like, shit is legit, legit. But Bobby makes a really nice eggplant. I've seen him do it. What's like an eggplant staring in front of you? It's sort of a daunting task. I think that's why a lot of people don't do eggplant. What's yeah, your style? Eggplant is a very tricky it is. fruit to cook. It is a fruit, not a vegetable. Right. Um, it's the, the because the the interior, the texture is so unique compared to other, you know, fruits and vegetables. Right. Um, and I always peel. Yeah, got it. Right. Okay, got a peel. Uh, hate the skin, mm-hmm. and I always salt it ahead of time. Okay, um, a very specific percentage by weight of the eggplant. Okay, um, and then you let it sit, weighed down with something like a heavy can of tomatoes or something. Right, um, and let it sit for forty-five minutes to an hour, and that's to what dry out. Well, so you're actually, the salt is breaking down the cell walls of, oh. of the eggplant. So is that what cuts the bitterness doing that? Uh, it, it does, but listen, it's all about how you, the bitterness comes from the seeds. And right. ideally you're using an eggplant that's young enough where the seeds didn't develop. Oh, and that's okay. the thing about buying eggplant out of season. Like I'm not making you an eggplant parm in, in January. I'm just not doing it because the okay. eggplants are not good at that point. It's huh. August, September, even into October, uh, here in New Jersey at least. So a lot of the bitter eggplants I've had have been because of how they source the eggplant, not cook the eggplant. Exactly. Fundamentally, that eggplant is going to be bitter because the seeds are fully developed and it's just, it's just not that good. You want eggplants just before those big seed pockets form. Same thing with zucchini. Right. I was just, zucchini just came on our menu. That's why I'm thinking about it. I just had this conversation with one of our cooks yesterday about the fact that this is the beginning of zucchini season and you won't see many, many seeds. Once the, the, the zucchini start to get bigger and their seeds develop, that's when we stop using them because they're just not that good at that point. Wow. They're less delicious. It's the same thing with eggplant. We're always looking for Eggplants on the on the younger side. So of you maturity. only use zucchini veal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, babies. Only young zucchini. Babies. That's brutal, Dan. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> the brutality. <laughs> so after you, all right. So you got it pressed down. What's next after that? Yeah. So then you squeeze it and wring it out like a sponge and okay. get rid of all that excess moisture. Uh, and then uh, a big wide frying pan. Uh, some, a decent amount of 
extra virgin olive oil, heated to the right temperature, and cook it one side, the other side. Once it's lightly browned, take it out. Uh, and do that with a whole ton of, uh, of eggplant and then start to layer it in, uh, in a baking dish with some, some tomato sauce that has been gently cooked at the right moisture level. Uh, and then throw it in the oven for half hour, 45 oh, minutes. God damn, I can't wait to put this in my mouth. Yeah, I need uh, to make it for you this summer. That needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's killing me. Just hearing this is killing me. Um, man, Dan. Do you guys ever go down to the beach? Yeah, yeah, we'll be in Dude. LBI a ton this summer. Dude, next time you're on your way down or on, on the way home, just stop at my house. It's, we're on the parkway. I'd love like to. 30 seconds off the parkway. We're gonna just do come it. over for, for dinner. I'm doing it. I'm going to call you. We need you. to get our kids together. I know. I know. And your kids got to teach my kids how to make pizza. Oh, we can absolutely <laughs> do that. Because I didn't even tell you this was happening. When I was still living in Jersey City, you know, Porta over there, you know, they sell dough to go. Yeah. So you can, you know, bring it home to make. So I, I'm sorry to say, Dan, I wasn't making my dough fresh. <laughs> That's okay. I was buying from Porta and I was, and I was. But I will have you, I didn't have a rolling pin, so I was using a drumstick, and I actually sent the image to, to Promark, trying to, trying to cook, up a new, uh, cook up a new promo spot deal. there. Yeah. I was like, what do you guys think? You want to do a line here? Like, do, do a, an ad mat with me in a chef's hat? Let's go. You know? They didn't bite. They didn't bite. I'm afraid. It's hilarious. <laughs> but Dan... I know you got to open up your restaurant. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on our podcast with us and, and talking yeah. life and pizza. That was awesome. Dude, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I don't know what to say, Benny. That was a great interview. <laughs> Who's, who's hungry? <laughs> mm. uh, I'm definitely hungry. And, you know, like you said at the top, I also have kids that are pizza snobs. And, like, yeah. 
Who would have ever thought that a fucking 10-year-old could be a pizza snob? I know. I mean, we get good pizza, too. And he's like, uh, I don't want to get Williamsburg pizza. I'm like, dude, it's like <laughs> it's like B-plus, you know, New York-style pizza. Yeah, which is like, listen, kid, B-plus New York-style pizza in like, the context of the world. Unattainable elsewhere. Yeah, unattainable. Like, yeah. like, feed that to someone from Kansas City. They'll lose their shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, um, even I was partially raised as a pizza snob just because my parents were New Yorkers, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like my, my father had a strict no-chain pizza policy in the house. So even simply right there, like, the whole concept of Pizza Hut and Domino's and, like, not making your crust fresh and stuff like that was kind of out, you know? Yeah, as it should be. As it should be. You know, I had a boss once. I was afraid to tell Dan this. He was trying to be like the fancy pizza place in New Brunswick, charging more money. Right. Guy would throw out day-old pies the next morning. Mm. He'd be like, oh, we made this at night so we can reserve it in the morning. Don't worry, it'll be fine. It goes in the oven. Mm. And I was like, you oh, can tell. God, you fucking bastard. <laughs> I, it, it was one of the worst sins like I've ever seen, honestly. Yeah. Uh. Especially when I'm the delivery guy who should be getting those leftover slices at the end of the night. <laughs> like, you know, like that's like the one giant perk to like sweating next to this shit all day long is yeah. like, I used to get home every once in a while in my shitty fucking punk houses <laughs> and have like two boxes of mishmash pizza yeah, slices, yeah. which is like the king's ransom yeah. at that point. You know, that's, <laughs> that's like some seriously good shit. Hell yeah. I was like, I felt so pimp. That is, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not right. Put, put, taking it out of the walk-in and putting it back into the oven. (laughs) Come on. And you can see it when it sits in the pan. It starts to get the little curl around the crust. Like the crust is chewy. Yeah, the cheese turns like this, not a nice white, like a, like an off white that you can no longer trust. Yeah. Sell it to the lunch crowd. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was in a college town. I think he thought, you know, oh, college it's, town, these kids will eat anything. But little did they realize this is a savvy Central Jersey pizza audience yeah, here. Baby. Like, these are people who were raised on the finest of the finest. <laughs> and, you know, they their taste buds know better. Got to come with it. The sins. The sins of the pizza man. Well, it's like serving like, you know, uh, oh, I'm going to move down to Texas. So I'm going to like, you know, or order my frozen barbecue like through the mail and like thaw it out <laughs> yeah. like, for you or some bullshit, you know? Just yeah. can't do it. Yeah, I know. There's certain codes of conduct. Yeah. I had to explain to, to my kids before they became pizza snobs, you know, why Domino's was just, at least while you're in New York, Domino's was not an option. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. They'd walk past the Domino's and go, like, hey, Dad, can we get pizza? I'm like, no. You cannot get pizza. We can I mean, walk one, one more fl- block and yeah. get pizza. Yeah, one more <laughs> block. That's right. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, how many people have come to New York City and eaten at that like Pizzeria Uno in Times Square, not realizing that they're eating Chicago style pizza at a chain restaurant in the wrong city? Like, yeah. But I've done it too, man. Fuck, I've been in cities before where I thought I found like the cool off the beaten path street and stuff like that. And like, nope. I remember what there was, uh, we'll end with this story. Cause it's funny. I don't, it was a German city, I think like Munich or something. And we were in like kind of a, 
oh, this is the little like Italian area with the little Italian places you can eat, you know, on the street. And we're like, oh, okay. I think we found the little Italy of, uh, of, <laughs> of this city. Turns out we did not. And just to be safe, I'm like, all right, I'm ordering just pizza from this place because God knows what's going on with the pasta here. Like, well, let's not do it. And like five of us order pizzas. And what do I see? But our waiter go down the street, no. <laughs> get pizzas from another place, <laughs> bring them back. I see him bring back boxes of pizza. Oh my God. Transfer them to a pan and then, and then Ugh. give them to our table. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, that's not right. How do we get in touch with Dan? Dan is Raza NJ everywhere. R A Z Z A N J. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What else is there? Nothing. Yeah, um, and I mean, most importantly, if you want to experience Dan, go oh, go to go the restaurant. The, go get the damn pizza, man. Go I get like, the damn food. You know. I made the biggest mistake I think I've ever made on one of these shows <laughs> and not I it's what a time is it now it's like two o'clock I we started it I didn't eat I didn't eat yeah yeah don't come in hungry Ugh. don't come in hungry but yeah. um I will be yeah. checking that out I will be checking out oh, that pizza it's it's uh you know it's one of the like I couldn't boast about it enough because it's just like one of those places that's so undeniable you know it's like I've never heard someone come out of Raza and just be like, yeah, it's not for me. You know, like it just kind of doesn't happen at that place. And it's uh, and as you could tell, just by speaking with Dan, you know, it works within anything, right? If you go to a wedding and the people getting married are having a good time, right. it's a good wedding, right? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's the like, band thing too, right? If the band looks like they're having a good time on stage, yeah, like, it's exactly. Like, and it's the same with him. Like, you know, you go in there, and the vibe is dictated from the top. You yeah. know, like, like Dan is he's out there, he's cooking, he's he's speaking to people, he's anybody who will, you know, if someone's like, oh, how do you get your hazelnuts? He's fucking pumped to tell him that it's like <laughs> a complete like agricultural phenomenon that even has hazelnuts now. And like, this is why the pizza came and you just feel the energy. You can't help but be excited about it. Uh, you know? So it's a, it's a great place to go. Everyone should go, uh, go, go get his pizza. And if you want to support us, patreon.com slash going off track, you can become a patron. It's Thursday. So we're going to be chatting tonight with our patrons, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. on the discord, like we do. Uh, and there's some other stuff going on there. We post some video content, some bonus episodes every so often. And you got corporate whore free <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yes. No ads. No ads. Big if you don't ad. like ads, you suckle at our teat <laughs> and give us, us money instead of suckle at the corporate teat. Right? There you go. That's all you got to do. Are we a corporation now? We did. We're a partnership. all right i'll i'll change the pitch of this once our stock goes public (laughs) (laughs) that'll be a while yeah a couple minutes yeah all right but uh yeah besides for that leave uh sexually explicit reviews about tomato sauce being covered all over your body Mm. and stuff like that and i really thought at one point in his cooking career Someone bought food for sex. He's like, holding back. He's holding you think back. So? He's got one customer who's like, please don't say my name. Please don't <laughs> say my name. 
Can it's I Tuesday. Get- <laughs> I need ricotta day. <laughs> uh, all right. But uh, all right. Let's we'll go. S- we'll see you next time. Yeah.